shared with you about an awesome invitation and also with the invitation for those who are willing there is also an amazing promise an amazing promise I think I'm from uh, Matthew 11. And it's a promise to uh, receive rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. That's, that's what uh, we can name that this tonight. So let's read from 11, Matthew 11. Uh, 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a promise. For I am, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke, uh, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light what an amazing promise as only the son of God can offer such a promise rest for your souls When the people of God uh, came back from exile, when their time in exile in Babylon was over, they returned back to uh, the promised land. And they, uh, they got to thinking that this punishment of exile was a divine punishment because they did not observe the law. They figure this happened to us because we do not obey the law. And so when they got back from exile, even during exile, there developed this, uh, they developed this, what is called the Babylonian Talmud, which is the oral tradition about the law of God. And so when they got back, says, we cannot go back to exile again. So what we're going to do is obey the law in every single point so we don't get punished again. And so it developed all these oral traditions around the law. 
to make sure to please God and at the same time produce righteousness. So there is this first part of the Babylonian Talmud called the Mishnah, which he has a lot of interpretations and oral traditions about the law of God. The Alaka contains 613 commandments, just the first part, because they were made sure we're going to observe the law to every single detail so God can be happy with us, so there's no more punishment. So their idea was so we can produce righteousness on our own so God can send the Messiah to us. That was their, 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 their mindset. So they had this, uh, out of that became all these commandments. The Sabbath alone contained 39 commandments just on what could you do and not do on the Sabbath. And so this oral tradition of the law uh, turned into a form of religion which was based on legalism. And so legalism is the misuse of the law of God. Legalism, and uh, correct me if I'm saying it, I, I don't know, is that how you say legalism? Legalism, okay, okay, because I have trouble with that word sometimes. But legalism is the misuse of the law of God. Legalism is the abuse of the law of God, okay? And legalism is a misinterpretation of the law of God. So out of there came this form of religion that was based on performance. It came a form of religion based on do this, don't do that. It was a form of religion that was based on external rituals. A form of religion that was lacking compassion and mercy. They were all about making sure you obey but it was a form of religion or what Jesus at one point called it man-made religion. It was a form of religion that it was more like man tradition than anything. But most important, it was a form of religion that was lacking. It was void of compassion. There was, there was no mercy. And this form of religion will place a high value on the things or on the rituals far above the needs of the people. So what came out of that 
was this form of religion that became a burden. A form of religion that is like a heavy load on the people. Uh, that will make a person being tired of being a Christian. Now be careful. When you, when you start getting tired of church, when you start just getting tired of this praying and, and Bible study and Bible reading, be careful. Now, what, it, what was lacking in all this is one thing. They had all the appearances. They have all the commandments, all the rituals. One thing is missing. A relationship. It can only be a proper religion when it is connected to a relationship. But a religion without a relationship is totally disconnected. And you are left out with do's and don'ts. You are left out with external appearances. And no doubt, the leaders of Israel they weren't, they weren't, it's not that they have bad intentions. But they figure the reason why we went through this is because somehow we, we didn't pay attention to the law of God and now we're going to do it. And we're going to do it, you know, to the minimum. But what they did was they misinterpreted the law. And that's how it became so detached from a relationship with God that when they came face to face with Jesus, they totally did not recognize him. And at some point, somewhere in the book of Romans says that Christ is the end of the law, that the law was pointing to Christ. But because they misinterpreted it and misused it and abused it, they had no relationship with the Father and therefore had no relationship or anything to do with his son, Jesus Christ. And the most important thing then is a relationship. A relationship. Now, we have this period of 400 years, right? The one, the, the. During the last prophet, Malachi, the Italian prophet, no, Malachi, there's no Italian prophets. <laughs> it is known, I mean, if you go from the Old Testament, you see that blank page right in the middle. Well, that's 400 years of history there. And during all that time, there was these certain groups that developed. And uh, there are the Pharisees, a group that these are the most people that Jesus encountered. The scribes, we have the Sadducees, and they all had uh, a, a portion of the scripture, and they all develop, and they all had their voices, they all uh, preaching and teaching, and they all. Uh, wanted 
people to follow them, but none of them, the only thing that they can offer the people was a heavy burden, a heavy load. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears in the scene, and he says, come to me. And so, as we look at Matthew 11, 25, we see in the verse 25, Jesus begins with a doxology, a praise, or worship. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. From the wise and understanding and reveal them to little children. Jesus has just pronounced some judgment in the scenes for not repenting. And as soon as that was over, he thanked the Father. He says, this relationship is not about how much you know. He says, it must be revealed to you. So Jesus is thanking God, and, and we're going to see the first thing that we see is that there's a relationship between Jesus and the Father. And see, all forms of worship require a relationship. If it's just religion, it's not going to work. Sooner or later, the people end up being tired, uh, heavy laden. But Jesus says, then he says, yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. Okay? And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So Jesus is saying, that, okay, he said, my father has entrusted me with all things. And one of the things that he entrusted me with is revelation. And so no one knows the father except me, and no one knows me except the father, he says. So you see, there's a relationship between God and the son. And we must come to the same relationship, but there's a requirement. You know, the issue was that he says the requirement is to be like little children. He says, you hidden these things from the wise, what, for, from the people that think they're wise, and they think they know it all. So, rest for your soul begins 
by acknowledging that we must come as a little children. He says, if you think you know it all, then the other things are, it's contrary. He says, God may just hit these things from you because you think you know it all already. And that was the problem with the scribes and the Pharisees. You know, those guys cannot be taught. They will not accept Jesus' revelation. They said, like the rich young ruler, I've done all those things. You know, what else do I need to do? So he says, come, and, and then he issues an invitation, come to me. Now notice, the first thing he wants you to do is to come to him. Okay? Now come to church. I, and he didn't say come to me and them. He says come to me. Because you can come to church and not come to Jesus. And you see you, have a, you had a lot of people that were following him. Very few came to him. And so the first thing he says is you need to come to me, to Jesus. Meaning, we need a one-on-one -on -one relationship. That'll be the only way, says Jesus, that my Father will reveal to you these things. Because he says, we got something going on here. My Father and I, we know each other. And he has given me the authority to reveal him to whomever I want. But the first thing he wants is, you need to come as a little children. What's a little children like? Well, he's... A little children doesn't claim to know everything. Well, some do. Well, that, that's the teenage uh, kids. Just teenagers. But he says... You need to come as a child, acknowledging that you need, and that it, only, it can only be by way of revelation. He says, come to me. That's the first thing. And then he says, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay, so... Everyone can come who is tired, who is heavy laden, who is tired of trying to please God with rules and regulations and religion. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. If you are tired and heavy laden, it's because... You have not come to Jesus. You've been coming to church. You've been doing all this. All the religious stuff. You can do it. But if you are tired. If you are heavy laden. If you're weary. I mean the, the Christian life's got to be. I mean it's not easy. But there's a joy into it. And when you feel like. Ah oh, church again. 
When you, you know, prayer, it, when you don't pray, do you feel good? You got to watch out. You need to go back to him. You know, or what the Bible called the first love. So he says, come to me. First thing. All who are, who are uh, labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the promise. I will give you rest. And boy, do we need rest. All rest can come good at any time, honey. Sometimes what we do is we find, we're trying to find rest in the wrong places. Religion can never give you rest for the soul. Because religion will always demand and demand and demand and more and more and more and more. And you're going to be tired to try. But see, the promise is, I will give you rest, which means rest for your soul is a gift. And when you need rest for your soul, going to a island by yourself, going to the most expensive hotels, going to the best places on earth will not give you rest for your soul. You can buy it. You can earn it. Jesus says, I'm the only one. See, that's exclusive. I'm the only one, and it's a gift. So, no matter what we do, if we don't come to him for rest, we're never going to find it. It's free, Jesus says. I will give it. And you know, God has always got this intention to bless us with rest. You know, from the beginning of creation, he set up a day where when all the labor was going to be done, rest forever with him. And then sin came and, you know, I mean, if we see the story of God's people, they never got to rest. You have sin, you have they got to the promised land, and what do you have? You have enemies in the outside of the promised land. You have sin. You have Satan. You have all these things. The final Jesus came and says, I'll give you rest for your soul. You just need to come to me. Meaning, you have to identify with me. Meaning, you're going to have to stop being so religious. Because religion can get in the way of Jesus, you know. Um, all the things that you do and get busy with can put Jesus aside. And you are left with just that. And you know what? You are left tired and, and weary and, 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 you know, finding other ways. But Jesus says, come to me. So that's an invitation. It says, I will give you rest. So the rest is a gift. You can't buy it. You can't go anywhere and find it only to Jesus. But then he says one more thing. Learn from me. That means learn from me. says, well, okay, come to me and then uh, we are going to have a relationship. Don't just come to me for what you need and then... No, life is full of stuff, and 
You know what we most need is rest for our souls. The way things are right now, the way the things that are happening right now, man, we can use some rest for our souls. And the ways that things are going in the future, we must come to Jesus and he says, learn from me. Now, he said, I might have gone ahead. Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Okay, so come, he says. And once you come, he says, take. So we come to Jesus, and he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, this always amazed me. You know, because the gospel of Matthew is about the gospel of the king. The king, Jesus Christ, the king. And Jesus says, listen, if you come to me, you are, you are tired. You are heavy laden. You, 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 you've been carrying this load. I will give you rest. How? He says, I am willing, listen to this, uh, to team up with you. You know, the yoke is that piece of wood that they put on the oxen. This piece of wood connects both of the oxen. So they can both pull the cart. Now, I, I know you guys have seen this before. Uh, where we live in Honduras, we... As soon as we got there, there was about three different families that owned oxen carts, and that was their business. And actually, we hired them a lot to bring our sand. They will go to the river and bring you loads of sand. Uh, whatever you want them to haul, they would do it. So we got to experience that a lot. And what, uh, what you see is that when there is a young ox, is it ox, how you say it? Okay. And they want to train him. What they do is put him, connect him with the same yoke with the older one. And he starts training. Now, what Jesus is saying is whatever you are weary with, whatever you are dealing with, he says, Come to me, and I'm going to hook up with you, and we both going to pull the load. Isn't that amazing? See, Jesus never calls us and said, well, come to me, and I will tell you more or less how to do it. Because you know what? That's what the religious teachers were doing. They were putting heavy loads on people, but Jesus said, you don't even move a finger to help them carry. That's religion. It imposes on you this, 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 and that, but it never helps you. But Jesus said, you come to me, I'm going to hook up with you, and we're both going to pull the load. I am willing to team up with you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to show you. But I'm going to be right beside you. And trust me, Jesus is being through it all. There's nothing. There is nothing so heavy, so big, 
that you're facing that Jesus has not going through already. So he says, come to me and take my yoke. Well, yoke is his teaching. Because he says, once you come and we connected together, now we're together, a relationship, right? And learn from me. See, we got to put our eyes on him. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. So Jesus is saying, our relationship is from the inside out. He says, learn from me that I am gentle and lowly of heart. Totally contrary to this form of religion that is based on external appearances. That as soon as you miss one or the second step or the third step, you are in trouble. Because it was a, a, a form of religion that is void of mercy and grace and compassion. And Jesus says, I am totally different than that. I am lowly and I am gentle at heart. I am gentle at heart. So come, take, learn. That's easy, three steps. And so he says, you will find rest for your souls. So he restates the promise again. If you do it, you will find rest for your souls. Because guess what? You're not going to be pulling the load on your own anymore. He's going to be there with you all step of the way. You know, there's this guy who once told us a story of he was running to the airport and he was late to, 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 to catch the plane. And he had his, uh, he had his, uh, his bag, right? It was heavy. And he was trying to run and carry that thing. And, uh, you know, it was just, he was getting tired. And then somebody told him, I said, hey, don't that bag have wheels? And uh, he said, okay. So he said it. He says, you can lift that up and pull it. And uh, he says, you know what? This is the amazing thing. I put the bag down. I start pulling it. He says, the weight was the same. But now that I was using the wheels... It was lighted to carry. So sometimes we just want to carry the load on our own. And Jesus says, no, don't do that. Come to me. Take my yoke. Let's, let's pair together. And let's start working in that gentleness and loneliness of heart. And he says, here's the reason why. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me, take my word, and watch how this thing is going to get light from now on. I am willing to team up with you, he says. But first, you need to come. Now, after, after being doing it on your own for many years, it's not easy. 
It's not easy. Now, to close, let's keep on reading in verse 12 because when we get to chapter 12, we get then an example of what we've been talking about. So far, he's been teaching, he's been inviting, he's been saying this and that, but in verse 12, we have a taste of this religion that is based and void of mercy. And that's what follows up. And it happens, guess what? On the day of rest. See, we're talking about rest, right? You'll find rest for your soul. And then we come in in verse 12. And he shows us how Jesus is, uh, is, 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 it shows us how he is gentle and lowly of heart. And so he says, at that time, so we keep following the story. Now we're going to have an example of what he's talking about. Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath day, the day of rest. Okay? The day of rest where you're supposed to just seize and stop it. His disciples were hungry. So you got Jesus and the disciples. The disciples are the ones who have what? Come to him. Yeah? Okay? And they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. Now, there is something about that on the law. On the Old Testament. Right? You were allowed to. To leave on the edges of your field. Don't harvest that. Leave it for the people who get hungry. That's the law. So, but when the Pharisees, there it goes, those religious guys, when they saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. There it is. They're violating the law. They are doing what they don't supposed to do. Work. So, picking some grain and get the husk out and eating it for the religious people was work. And that was against the law. So if you're starving on the Sabbath rest, too bad, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die, uh, even if the pastor is there and all the elders and all the because their religion is based on what? On do's and don'ts. Never mind the need. Okay? Never mind the mercy and the kindness and the goodness. No. We must observe the day and not the need. And so they are saying, you, you are violating the law. He said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priest and the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I'll tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, here it is. 
I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You will not, you will not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So they said, okay, you are breaking the law, the law of God. God said, wait a minute, did you miss that chapter, uh, 1 Samuel 21? Have you ever read that story when, when, when David's on the run? Uh, Saul is trying to kill him, and he is hungry. I mean, if he doesn't eat, he'll die. And he gets to the temple, and, and the priest says, well, listen, I got some bread. The only bread that I have here, you or anyone else are not allowed to eat it. Only the priest. David said, man, you better give me that bread or I'll die. The priest says, yeah. And, and, and David and the guys that were with him ate it. And guess what? God did not strike the priest, nor David, nor anyone else. Why? You know what they missed in that, in that, in that episode right there? And it, that is all over. God's mercy. Because what? The need of the man. Jesus put the need of the person far above all kinds of rituals. And that's why he says, come to me. Come to me. Because I'm merciful. I, and see, he says... God didn't strike them people dead. What does that mean? That the need is bigger than the ritual. And I ask my kids sometimes, did God eat bread? You know, they have to change the bread all the time in the tabernacle, fresh bread and all bread. That's not the point. The point is the bread was to feed the, the priest because they had a need. And so what Jesus told these guys, these religious guys, is listen. You are condemned. You're condemning the guiltless. Because but that's what religion will do. It will condemn you. And you know, we got many more episodes like this, you know. Uh, they told this, this guy who was sick, Hey, don't come over here on Saturday to church and get healed. Don't do that. That's not what church is for. Come back any other day, but not on Sabbath. What kind of a church is that? Huh? What, what kind of a, a religion is that that will place values more on ritual things than on the need of the people? That is a church that has not come to him. And so we got another sample. He went on from there and entered the synagogue and a man was there with the withered hand. Guess what? On the Sabbath day. The day of rest. And it seems like he always picked this. To, to pick a fight with the guys. To show them. What really mercy is. What mercy and not sacrifice is. Okay. He says. Um, and a man was there with, the, with their hand. And they asked him. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So they might accuse him. He said to them, which one of you has a sheep? And if he falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Okay. 
And this is the thing. How much more value is a man than a sheep? This is the thing that Jesus is trying to say. If you come to me, I place all my value on the person. All of it. So much that I'm willing to die for that person. I'm willing to give my life for that person. And he, and, and, and he says, you put... Now, this is also religion works always like this. He says, if your cow falls into a hole, okay, will you not get it out? And you know they will. But you're not willing to someone get healed on a Saturday? And so he says, of how much more value is a man than a sheep? Then he said to the men, stretch out your hand. And the, and the men stretched it out, and he was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. So the invitation is open. He's still calling. Come to me. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if you're trying to please God by appearance, external appearance, religious act, or any other mean, Jesus said, come to me. I will team up with you. We're going to yoke together. We're going to work together. And guess what? We both are going to pull the load. Because he says, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Let us never forget that he is gentle and lowly of heart. But all this is necessary a relationship. A relationship. In order to learn from him. Let's pray. Father we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. You have placed all things in his hands. Everything. You have entrusted him with. Even to reveal you. And Father we thank you for. Your grace and mercy. And your kindness. Your mercy, your compassion. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for even though you are the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, you are willing to team up with us. To never abandon us, to teach us, to guide us, to lead us. There is no other king who is willing to do that. No king of the universe is willing to yoke together with us and to help us along the way. We want to come to you, Lord. We need rest for our souls, rest for our bodies, even rest for the nation. We pray that we all come to you, Lord. That we may find in you and receive it from you as a gift. 
Help us to humble ourselves and to come to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. You are dismissed. Yes, sir.